بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about Umrah Al-Qadha which took place in the month of Shawwal in the seventh year of the Hijrah of the Prophet Then a few months after that, early in the eighth year of the Hijrah, three very important members of the Quraysh came to Medina and accepted Islam. And they were Khalid ibn al-Walid, Amr ibn al-As, and Uthman ibn Talha radiallahu anhum ajma'i. So now that Islam had become very strong in the land, the Prophet ﷺ started looking to spread Islam beyond the Arabian Peninsula. So in the eighth year of the Hijrah, the Prophet ﷺ started sending letters to the rulers of different lands and different empires, inviting them to Islam. From the first of these letters that the Prophet ﷺ sent was a letter to Hiraqal, also known as Heraclius, who was the ruler of the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire at that time, it was the greatest empire on earth. The biggest empire of its time, the Roman Empire. Now, to understand a little bit background about the Roman Empire, a few years earlier, a few years before, when the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims were still in Mecca, so before the Hijrah, there was a battle between the Persian Empire and the Roman Empire. The Persian Empire and the Roman Empire, they were two very powerful empires and they were always fighting with each other. So whenever they would fight, the Quraysh would hope for a victory for the Persians. Whereas the Muslims, they would hope for a victory for the Romans. The Quraysh would always hope that the Persians would win because the Persians were idol worshippers. And the Quraysh were idol worshippers as well. So the Quraysh would always hope that the Persians would defeat the Romans. Whereas the Muslims would hope that the Romans would defeat the Persians. Because the Romans, they were Christians. They were from the Ahlul Kitab. So the Muslims would prefer that they have victory over the idol worshippers. So two years before the Hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ, when the Muslims were still in Mecca, there was a war between the Persian Empire and the Roman Empire. And the Persian Empire was victorious and the Romans were defeated. So the Quraysh were happy at this and the Muslims were sad. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed regarding this Alif Lam Mim Ghulibatir Rum Fi Adna al Ardi Wahum Mim Ba'di Ghalabihim Sayaghlibun Fi Bidri Sinid. Alif Lam Mim The Romans have been defeated in a nearby land. The Roman Empire it encompassed Syria and Asham. Philistine, this area. So it's a nearby land to the Muslims. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, fi adna al-ard. The Romans have been defeated in a nearby land. But after this defeat, they will be victorious in a few years. So yes, the Persians have defeated the Romans now, but in a few years, the tables will be turned and the Romans, they will defeat the Persians. 
So the defeat of the Romans at the hand of the Persians, it happened two years before the Hijrah of the Prophet Then the Romans and the Persians, they fought again. And in the seventh year of the Hijrah of the Prophet the Romans defeated the Persians. So two years before the Hijrah, the Persians defeated the Romans. Now seven years into the Hijrah, the Romans defeated the Persians. Just like the Quran said, After their defeat, they will be victorious in a few years. And they were victorious. So the Romans defeated the Persians in the seventh year of the Hijrah. So this is significant because the Roman Empire, like we mentioned, was the greatest empire of its time. And the leader of that empire, Hiraqal, he ruled over the lands of Turkey, Asham, Italy, Egypt, Northern Africa. This was all part of the Roman Empire. So it was a huge empire. And Hiraqal and his people, they were Christians. The capital of the Roman Empire was Constantinople, which is modern-day Istanbul in what is modern-day Turkey. So that was the seat of power in Constantinople, modern-day Istanbul. Now Hiraqal, the leader of the Roman Empire, he made a vow that if he would be able to defeat the Persians, if the Romans were victorious against the Persians, Hiraqal made a vow that he personally would walk not ride an animal, but walk all the way from the capital of his empire, Constantinople, all the way to Jerusalem, Al-Quds, to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now Al-Quds, it was the most important city for the Christians. So he made this vow that if he were victorious against the Persians, he would walk from Constantinople to Al-Quds, to Jerusalem, to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when he was victorious, when the Romans defeated the Persians, Hiraqal, he made good on that vow and he made his way to Jerusalem. He started walking with his people towards Jerusalem. So on his way to Jerusalem, while he was going to Jerusalem to fulfill his vow, one night he had a dream. And in this dream, he saw that his kingdom was being taken away from him. He was losing his kingdom at the hands of some men who were circumcised. So when he woke up from this dream, he got afraid. It looks like some people are going to take away my kingdom. And the distinguishing feature of these people is that they are circumcised. So he asked the priests and the monks around him, who from amongst the people circumcised themselves? Who are the people who do this act of circumcision? So his people told him that only the Jews circumcised themselves. There are no other people who circumcise themselves except the Jews. And the reason that they told him this is because they didn't have knowledge about the Arabs and the Muslims. The Muslims, they also circumcise. And the Arabs, even before Islam, they also had it as part of their customs that they would circumcise their boys. So this was something that the Muslims and the Arabs also did as well. But the people of Hiraqal, the people of the Roman Empire, they didn't know this. The only people they knew that did circumcision were the Jews. So they told Hiraqal, the only people who circumcised their boys are the Jews. 
So Hiraqal came to the conclusion that, okay, if it's the Jews who are the ones who do circumcision, and in my dream, the people who are taking my kingdom away from me, they are people who are circumcised, it must mean that the Jews are going to take away my kingdom. So because of this, he made the intention to massacre all of the Jews. And he was going to kill all of the Jews so that there is no threat on his kingdom. So he started making preparations for this, for a mass slaughter of all Jews in the land. But as he was making these preparations, there happened to be an Arab man who was in the land of Sham. At the same time that the Hiraqal was there, there was an Arab man in the land of Sham and he was caught stealing something. So when the authorities took him, they made sure that they checked him to see if he had stolen anything else. And while they were checking him, while they were doing their investigation, they took off his clothes to see if he was hiding anything. And when they took off his clothes, they noticed that he was circumcised. So they said to him, you're a Jew. And then he said, no, wallahi, I'm not a Jew. And then they said, then, then what are you? Where are you from? He said, I'm an Arab. So then they realized, okay, so it's not only the Jews who circumcise, it is also the Arabs who circumcise as well. So this changes things. Maybe it's not a Jew who is going to take away the kingdom of Hiraqal. Maybe it's an Arab. So these people, they went back to Hiraqal and they told him that we caught an Arab and we saw that he was circumcised as well. So apparently it's not only the Jews that circumcise themselves, the Arabs, they do this too. So now Hiraqal realized that okay, he may be making a mistake killing all of the Jews because it's not necessarily a Jew who's going to take away his kingdom. It might be an Arab as well. So he canceled his plans to mass execute the Jews. He canceled that plan and he decided not to do it. So now the Hiraqal, he wanted to get more information from this Arab about his people. Because he thought, okay, maybe it's one of his people. Maybe it's one of the Arabs who's going to come and take away my kingdom. So he wanted to get as much information about these people as possible. So he asked this Arab man some questions about the Arabs, about his people. And he asked him, is there anyone from amongst you who has come with something new? Something that you didn't know about before? And then the Arab man, this thief, he said, well, yes, I have heard about one man from Mecca. And he claims to be a prophet. So this Arab man, he wasn't a Muslim and he didn't know much about the Prophet Muhammad and about the Muslims. But he knew that there was a man from Mecca and he claimed to be a prophet. So he told Hiraqal about this man. He said, yeah, there's a man from Mecca and he claims to be a prophet. Now Hiraqal was the emperor of the, of the Roman Empire, but he was also a scholar of Christianity. He was very knowledgeable about his religion, about Christianity. And he knew that this was the time that a prophet would be appearing from the Injil, from his studies of the Injil. He knew that yes, this is the time that a prophet would be appearing. So when he heard this Arab man say that there is a man from Mecca who claims that he is a prophet, he became more interested and he pressed this man for more information. But as we said, even though this man was an Arab, he was not from Mecca. So he didn't have all of the answers to the questions that Hiraqal was asking. So Hiraqal told his men, he said, okay, look for anyone who's here, who's in the area, the area of Asham and Philistine. Look for anyone who has come from Mecca. Because this man is saying that the man who claims that he is a prophet comes from Mecca. 
So look for anyone who is in our land who has come from Mecca. There were always these trade expeditions that would come from the Arab lands. And Hiraqal knew this, so he said, okay, look for anyone who has come from Mecca. Maybe there are some traders, some businessmen who have come from that area. Find anyone who is in this land who has come from Mecca and bring them to me. So Hiraqal's men, they sent their people all over the area to search for anyone who may have come from Mecca. Now, while all of this was happening, it happened to be that Abu Sufyan and a delegation from the Quraysh happened to be in Sham at that time on a trading expedition. They had brought a caravan to Asham. Because these were the years of peace, because of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, there was no risk of their caravans being ambushed anymore. Before the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, when the Quraysh would send caravans to Asham, the Muslims would ambush those caravans. But now because of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, there was peace. There was no fear of the Muslims coming and ambushing those caravans. So the traders from the Quraysh, they would go to Asham in comfort and peace without any fear. So during this time, while Hiraqal was in Asham, Abu Sufyan and a group of the Quraysh were also in Asham for a trading expedition. And Hiraqal's men found Abu Sufyan and these men. And when they found out that they have come from Mecca, they brought them immediately to Hiraqal as he had instructed. So when they were brought in front of Hiraqal, Hiraqal, the most powerful man in the world at this time, the emperor of the greatest empire on earth at this time, he addressed Abu Sufyan and his men. And he said to them, Who amongst you is the most closely related to the man who claims that he is a prophet? Who is the most close in terms of his bloodline and his lineage to the man who claims that he is a prophet? So Abu, Abu Sufyan said, I am the most close to him in terms of my lineage. Because Abu Sufyan and the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they shared a great-grandfather five generations up in the lineage Abu Sufyan and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam were related so Abu Sufyan said I am the most closely related to him in terms of lineage so Hiraqal ordered Abu Sufyan to sit in front of him he said okay you come forward you sit right in front of me face to face and then he ordered the rest of the delegation from the Quraysh sit behind Abu Sufyan so Abu Sufyan and Hiraqal are face to face and the rest of the delegation from Quraysh, they are behind Abu Sufyan. And Hiraqal told Abu Sufyan, and of course all of this is going on through a translator because they spoke different languages. So there is a translator that is, that is conveying the speech back and forth. So Abu Sufyan is sitting in front face to face with Hiraqal and Abu Sufyan's men are sitting behind him. And Hiraqal tells Abu Sufyan, he said, okay, I'm going to ask you some questions now and I want you to answer me truthfully. And then he told the rest of the people who were behind Abu Sufyan, he said, if Abu Sufyan lies, then don't be quiet. Tell me that he is lying. So Abu Sufyan later on when he was mentioning this incident, he said, even if I did lie, my people they would not speak out against me. They would never speak out against me because I was their leader. But he said, I wouldn't lie anyways because this is aib. This is something that is shameful to lie. So I would not lie. So Hiraqal starts to ask his questions to Abu Sufyan. 
The first question he asks to Abu Sufyan, he said, what is the status of the family of the man who claims that he is a messenger? Tell me about his family. What kind of a family does he come from? And then Abu Sufyan said, he comes from a noble family. He comes from a very high lineage and a noble family. Then Hiraqal asked Abu Sufyan his second question. He said, has anyone before this man claimed to be a prophet from amongst you? And Abu Sufyan said, no, no one before him from amongst us has ever claimed to be a prophet. The third question that Hiraqal asked Abu Sufyan, he said, was any of his forefathers, his father or his grandfather or his great-grandfather, were any of his forefathers kings? And Abu Sufyan said, no, none of his forefathers were kings. The next question Hiraqal asked, okay, who follows him? Is it mostly the rich people or the poor people? And Abu Sufyan said, mostly the poor people follow him. Then Hiraqal went on to the next question. Okay, are his followers increasing in number or are they decreasing? Abu Sufyan said, they are increasing in number. Then Hiraqal asked him, okay, after accepting his faith, does anyone leave his religion? And Abu Sufyan said, no, nobody leaves his religion. Once they accept his religion, they don't leave. Then Hiraqal asked him, okay, has he ever been accused of lying before? Before his claim to prophethood, was he ever known to be someone who told lies? And Abu Sufyan said, no, he was never known as a liar. Then Hiraqal asked Abu Sufyan, okay, does he break promises? When he makes a promise to someone, does he break those promises? Abu Sufyan said, no, he has never been known to break his promises. But right now, we are with him in a treaty. We have a treaty with him and we don't know what he's going to do. And Abu Sufyan said, this was the only little thing that I could put inside there. He said, right now, we have a treaty with him and we don't know what he's going to do. But he has never been known to break promises before. Then Hiraqal asked him, okay, have you ever fought wars with him before? He said, yes, we have fought some wars between us and him. And then Hiraqal asked him, okay, what were the results of those wars? And Abu Sufyan said, sometimes he wins and sometimes we win. There were some victories for him and some victories for us. And then Hiraqal asked Abu Sufyan, okay, what does he teach you? What does he order his people to do? And Abu Sufyan said, well, he orders to worship Allah alone and not to associate partners with him and to leave the ways of our forefathers and he also orders that we pray and that we refrain and stay away from immoral actions, that we keep the ties of kinship. So these are the commandments that he gives. So after listening to the answers to all of these questions, Hiraqal gave his commentary to Abu Sufyan. He said, okay, I asked you about his family and you said he comes from a noble family and all messengers come from noble families. I asked you if anyone has claimed prophethood from amongst you before him and you said no. No one has claimed prophethood before him. If you had said yes, I would say that he is just following that person's footsteps. But you said no, so that is not the case. Then I asked you, was any of his forefathers a king? Was his father or his grandfather or his great-grandfather, were any of them kings? You said no. 
if you had said yes, I would say that he is just trying to reclaim the kingdom of his forefathers. But you said no, so that is not the case. Then I asked you, do the rich or the poor follow him? And you said the poor. And this is the case with all of the previous messengers as well. That the poor people are the first who follow them. Then I asked you, are his followers increasing or decreasing? And you said they are increasing. And this is another sign that this is the truth. Then I asked you, does anyone leave his religion after accepting it? And you said, no. This is also another sign of the truth. Then I asked you, has he ever been accused of lying before? Before he claimed prophethood, was he ever known as a liar? And you said, no. So if a person would not even lie against other people, then there is no way that he would lie against Allah. Then I asked you, does he break promises? You said no, he doesn't break promises. And this is also consistent with messengers before him. Messengers never break their promises. And you also said that he orders to worship Allah alone and to not associate partners with him and to stay away from immorality and to keep the ties of kinship. If what you are saying is true, Hiraqal is telling Abu Sufyan, if what you are saying is true, then this man, Muhammad, he will soon occupy the place that is under my feet. He will occupy the place that is under my feet. He will take this land. And I knew that a messenger was about to appear. I knew that this is a time that a messenger was to appear. But I didn't know that he would be from your people. I didn't expect that he would be from the Arabs. If I could reach him right now, if I could reach Muhammad right now, I would immediately go to meet him. And if I were with him, I would personally go and wash his feet myself. Imagine this. This is the most powerful man in the world at this time. The emperor of the Roman Empire. And he's saying, if I were with Muhammad right now, I would wash his feet with my own hands. So Abu Sufyan, he was amazed by this. He was amazed by this. And as he and his men left that delegation with Hiraqal, Abu Sufyan said to his men that the religion of Muhammad has reached such prominence now that the Azim of Ar-Rum, the emperor of the Roman Empire, shows such reverence to him. And Abu Sufyan mentioned that this was the moment after his conversation with Hiraqal, this was the moment that Islam started to enter the heart of Abu Sufyan. His heart started to soften at this point towards Islam. And he started to actually consider becoming a Muslim. So after Abu Sufyan and his men left, Hiraqal was deep in thought after this conversation, thinking, what should I do? What should I do? And shortly thereafter, around the same time period, Dihya al-Kalbi, the messenger of the messenger of Allah. Dihya al-Kalbi was the man whom the Prophet ﷺ sent with his message, with his letter to Hiraqal. So now Dihya al-Kalbi had arrived in Asham. And he presented the letter of the Prophet ﷺ to Hiraqal. So Hiraqal opened the letter and he started to read it. And the letter it read, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Min Muhammad Rasulillah ila Hiraqal Azimir Rum. 
سلام على من اتبع الهدى أما بعد فإني أدعوك بدعاية الإسلام أسلم تسلم يؤتك الله أجرك مرتين وإن توليت فإن عليك إثم الأريسيين قل يا أهل الكتاب تعالوا إلى كلمة سواء بيننا وبينكم ألا نعبد إلا الله ولا نشرك به شيئا ولا يتخذ بعضنا بعضا أربابا من دون الله فإن تولوا فقولوا اشهدوا بأننا مسلمون So the letter of the Prophet said Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful Min Muhammad Rasulillah ila Hiraqal Azim al-Rum From Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah To Hiraqal, the Emperor of the Roman Empire Salamun ala manittaba' al-Huda Peace be upon those who follow the guidance Amma ba'd As for what follows Fa'inni ad'uka bidi'ayatil Islam Surely I call you to the calling of Islam Aslim taslam Accept Islam, become a Muslim and you will be safe Yu'tika Allahu ajraka marratain And Allah will give you your reward twice He will give you two rewards وَإِن تَوَلَّيْتَ فَإِنَّ عَلَيْكَ إِثْمَ الْأَرِيسِيِّينَ But if you turn away, then the sin of the Arisiyin. The Arisiyin, they were the common people, the laymen of the Roman Empire. And most of them were farmers. Most of them were farmers. So the Arisiyin are the farmers. So the Prophet ﷺ said to Hiraqal, that if you turn away, if you reject this message, then the sin of all of those farmers who are under you, you will carry that sin as well. And the letter ended with the ayah from the Qur'an قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ تَعَالَوْا إِلَىٰ كَلِمَةٍ سَوَاءٍ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ أَلَّا نَعْبُدَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَا نُشْرِكَ بِهِ شَيْئًا وَلَا يَتَّخِذَ بَعْضُنَا بَعْضًا أَرْبَابًا مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ فَإِنْ تَوَلَّوْا فَقُولُوا اشْهَدُوا بِأَنَّا مُسْلِمُونَ Say, O people of the book, come to a word that is the same between us and you. That we worship no one except Allah and we do not associate partners with Him. And we do not take each other as lords besides Allah. And if they turn away, then say, bear witness that surely we are Muslims. So when Hiraqal read this letter, he told Dihya al-Kalbi, who was the man who brought the letter to him, he told Dihya, take this letter to Safatir. Safatir was the most knowledgeable and most respected scholar of the Christians in the Roman Empire. He was the head of the ulama of the Christians in the Roman Empire. His name was Safatir. And he was well respected by Hiraqal and he was also well respected by the people in general. So Hiraqal told Dihya al-Kalbi, go to Safatir, take this letter to him. I want him to read it and I want to see what he thinks about it. So Hiraqal wanted to get the opinion of Safatir to get an idea what he should do himself. So Dihya, he took the letter to Safatir. And Safatir read the letter and he was shaken when he read this letter. Remember, this is the most knowledgeable scholar of the Christians of the Roman Empire. And he knew as well that this was the time for a prophet to come. And he started to ask Dihya detailed questions about the Prophet Muhammad about his physical characteristics, about what he orders, detailed questions about the Prophet ﷺ. And Dihya answered all of these questions. Then Safatir, he said, I knew, I knew that this is the time that a Prophet would come. 
But I didn't know that he would come from you. I didn't know he would come from the Arabs. But it is clear to me that he is the messenger of Allah and this is the truth. So as for me, I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Safatir, he became a Muslim. Look at this. The most well-respected and the most knowledgeable scholar of the Christians in the whole Roman Empire, he became a Muslim and he accepted Islam. Then Safatir, he gathered the other Christian scholars of the land. And he advised them to accept the truth as well. He read the letter of the Prophet ﷺ to them and he said, you should become Muslims as well. I have accepted Islam and I advise you to do the same. And he reminded these Christian scholars with verses from the Torah and the Injil that this is the time that a Prophet will be coming. And this man, Muhammad ﷺ, he matches the characteristics that are found in our books. So you should accept Islam as I have accepted Islam. So these Christian scholars, they were very upset at this. And they were very disturbed that the most knowledgeable one amongst them, Safatir, and the most respected one amongst them had accepted Islam. And he knew that if this man became a Muslim, he is so well respected by the people, so many people will become Muslims following him. And this may be the end of Christianity in our lands. So they feared for their own positions. So instead of accepting the da'wah of Safatir, they colluded together and they murdered him. They killed Safatir. So when the news of the death of Safatir reached Hiraqal, he was shaken by this. And he thought to himself, Safatir, he was the leader of the Christians in our land. And he was so well respected. He was more respected than me. Hiraqal is thinking to himself, I am the emperor, I am the ruler, but the people, they respected Safatir more than they even respect me. So if they could kill him, that means they could easily kill me as well. So he was very worried. He didn't know what to do. So he ordered for the people to come to his palace. He ordered for the Christian scholars and some of the noblemen to come to his palace outside the gates. And he ordered his guards to stand at the gates with their weapons. And then Hiraqal himself, he came out on the balcony to address those people. And he said to them, he read the letter of the Prophet ﷺ in front, in front of them. And he said, this is the truth. This is the truth. There is no one worthy of worship except Allah. And Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. I have become a Muslim. And then those people who he had gathered, those Christians, they were very angry and they tried to ambush the palace. They tried to break into the palace, but Hiraqal had already posted his guards there because he was afraid that is what they would do. So they weren't able to infiltrate the palace, so they backed off. But they shouted at Hiraqal who was up at the balcony. They shouted at him. They said, we will not leave Christianity even if all of us are killed. You have to kill every last single one of us. Even if all of us are killed, we will not leave Christianity. So when Hiraqal saw this reaction from them, he thought to himself, okay, if I stay as a Muslim, then these people will never accept me as the ruler and I will surely lose my kingdom. This is the most powerful man in the world at this time. His kingdom is the biggest kingdom on earth at this time. So he thinks to himself, if I... If I stay, if I accept Islam, then 
I will not be able to keep this kingdom. So he had to make a choice now between Islam and the dunya, between being a Muslim or keeping his kingdom. So he decided to keep his kingdom and leave Islam. So he said to his people, he said to the people when he saw their reaction, no, 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 don't worry. I really didn't become a Muslim. This was just a test. I see that Islam is becoming prominent. So I feared, I feared that perhaps you may be affected by it as well. And you may become Muslim. So I wanted to test you to see how strong your devotion to Christianity was. To see if you would leave Christianity. But now I see that you are very strong on Christianity and that you're not going to leave it and that you're ready to die on Christianity. So I was just testing you and you have passed the test. So the people, they believed this. They said, okay, if that's what it was, then everything is good. And then they left. Then they left. And then Hiraqal told Dihya and Dihya was going to go back now to Medina. So Hiraqal wanted to send a message back to the Prophet ﷺ with Dihya. He sent gifts and he sent money to take back to Medina. And he also sent a message. He said, Ya Dihya, I want you to send this message back to Muhammad. Tell him that I believe Islam in my heart. That I believe that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah. And that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. I believe this in my heart, but I don't want to lose my kingdom. I don't want to lose my kingdom. So Dihya, he came back to Medina with the gifts that Hiraqal had sent and with the money that Hiraqal had sent and with this message from Hiraqal to the Prophet that I believe Islam in my heart but I don't want to lose my kingdom. So when the Prophet received this message from Hiraqal, he said, الدنيا. He said, the enemy of Allah has lied. He's not a Muslim. Rather, the dunya overtook him. He favored the dunya over the akhirah. He decided to keep his kingdom instead of Islam. So the Prophet ﷺ ordered for that money that Hiraqal had sent to be distributed amongst the poor Muslims. And this was the first of many letters that the Prophet ﷺ sent to the leaders of different lands. And he sent many more letters as well and inshallah we'll get into those letters next week bi'ithnillah wallahu alam sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in